0: His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rite of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called to the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee and revealed his glory. And the disciples believed in him. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Amen. This isn't how we expect Jesus Ministry to start. Matthew, we get heal some people, call some people, gather some followers around, give a great sermon, preferably on a mount. Luke makes sense to us, arrive at worship. Read the scriptures, announce that you're the one being pointed to because you're the one who will bring healing and and hope to those who've been neglected and hopeless. Those beginnings to ministry sound right. But if Hardy, Even Jesus didn't think this is how his ministry should go public. Mom, it's not the right time. Let them deal with it. It's their problem. Who underestimates the amount of wine you need anyway? Next thing you know, 5,000 men will show up on the side of a hill and expect me to turn a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish into food for everybody. Jesus, of course, did what his mother told him to. And in the most unlikely of places, a reception at Cana of Galilee had his coming out party. And with more than a little piety, we wonder, why? This miracle, this sign, seems beneath Jesus, at least unnecessary. Of all the ways that he could reveal his glory, keeping a reception going a little longer is one he chooses. Well, actually, it was... More than a little longer. It was a lot longer. That was the amount of wine that could keep the party going for a month. All of Cana could have come and had more than they could consume for days and days on end. It was extravagant. Hence our concern. In our experience, extravagance tends toward the decadent, not the noble We think of people going too far, losing control, being self-indulgent. We don't think of extravagance as anything like a holy way of being with others. And yet here we have this God who is shown in Jesus to be extravagantly noble, extravagantly generous, and extravagantly holy. This is what caught the attention of those who were around Jesus. Not holiness, that's more self-righteousness than holiness, but, but holiness that allowed others to experience the holy in Him. When people were around Jesus, they enjoyed genuine holiness. And extravagant grace. Take, for instance, those reception goers. They were used to the standard practice. The chief steward explains it well. Serve the best wine that you can while the people can still taste the difference. Then go with the substandard wine when they're too numb to know that it's not as good. That was the standard practice because it made sense. The hosts could save money. The guests wouldn't care or even know the difference. In comes Jesus who interrupts this typical with the extraordinary, something unbelievably good. He took the common and made it holy and was extravagant enough to share it with all. We think about the common becoming holy and the sacraments, water and bread and wine, these ordinary parts of our lives that become revelations about God's love and baptism and holy communion. Might we think about the common becoming holy as Jesus arriving, participating in a party? In his commentary on this passage, Elisio Perez Alvarez notes that there was, not, there was very much a social hierarchy in places like Cana. Those of influence and means were served the very best wine available. The rest were served some poor mixture of water, wine, and vinegar. He said that even at the same table, there might be different wines poured for different people according to their status in the community. You can imagine then how quickly the poor wine was served to the lowest of the wedding guests, particularly when there was a threat that the wine would soon be out. Their party was ending. Jesus' mother heard that the wine had run out. An embarrassment to the host's. She told Jesus to take care of the problem and poof. Six big water basins were turned into six big wine basins. The very best wine that the steward had ever served. It doesn't take much imagination to hear Jesus say, there's a lot of wine there. Make sure everyone gets some. There's no reason to reserve it for just a few. I've made it very good for everybody. You're used to the average. They're used to the inferior. Here's something unbelievably good for all. Still, we wonder why Jesus would stoop down into an embarrassing but otherwise inconsequential situation. No one's life was at stake. The only converts were the disciples who would have come to believe in some other way at some other time anyway. Could it be that God wanted those who are usually left out? Those without the refined taste to appreciate the exceptional wine that they were being served. To have it too. I could think of worse reasons for God to intervene. What I know this story demonstrates is that God intervenes in more ways than we notice. That Jesus is in on more of our lives than just the serious. More of our lives than just when we suffer. More of our lives than only when we need healing. Jesus is in on the party and on the play, and on the routine. Jesus wants to break in on the ordinary and offer something exceptional. Jesus wants to interrupt a life that ranges from average to inferior and give us something unbelievably good. I like the idea of Jesus at this reception. At that point, he's still basically unknown. No one whispering about what he did in Capernaum last week. No one half-jokingly hiding their wine when he walks up to say hello. He's just at the reception. Present. Celebrating a new marriage. Joking with old friends and hearing what's up with them. Making new friends. We get this little glimpse into a life on a day when when He wasn't making major speeches or involved in some life-changing healing or showing us the cost of discipleship. He was there, turning ordinary water into unbelievably good wine. Turning an average reception in a minor village into a party that we're still talking about today. Revealing His glory In this way, that is as mysterious and wonderful as it is surprising. And maybe that's why we're perplexed. What's the moral of the story, we wonder? What are you supposed to go and do now that you've heard it, now that His glory has been revealed? Think about the revelations we hear. Some are exciting. I'm getting baptized. We're getting married. I found my calling. We're having a baby. It's benign. Some are sad. It's malignant. They say it's dementia. I lost my job. Our relationship is over. She's gone. Most revelations, though, are ordinary, supper's ready, it's time for school, I'm leaving for work now, your friend is here. Every revelation demands a response, but the responses aren't always something that you must do now. Sometimes the response for those who haven't become too numb by too much inferior wine. is simply to recognize the extraordinary new wine that is among you. And sometimes we're not even clear enough to do that. The Gospel of John wants us to know that Jesus' glory was revealed in the old ordinary world and as such it was turned upside down by the inbreaking of something unbelievably good, that in Jesus' plain water becomes an abundance of exceptional wine, poured out for all, no matter their station in life, no matter what others have decided they were worth it or not, no matter if they have the capacity to appreciate the fineness that it is. I think sometimes. God gets our attention through surprisingly good wine that jolts us out of our stupor. And then other times, we're so hazy with inferior wine that God's good gifts slip by us unnoticed. As Jesus wandered through that party in Cana, not everyone was aware of how good that wine was. And hardly anyone knew who to thank for it. And yet there it was, available for them to enjoy. And there Jesus was, in the midst of the party, whether they recognized him or not. And here Jesus is. And there he'll be. In your next conversation, or celebration, or ordinary moment in life, even if you aren't clear minded enough to notice or attentive enough to be grateful, He'll be there doing His part to make the ordinary unbelievably good. Thanks be to God for that. Amen.